Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Personal Stylist Podcast. My name is Sydney. I am your host. I am your hostess. And today I have another client case study interview for you that I am really, really excited to share. Um, This client case study interview is with my client, Jamie. She enrolled in the Accelerator Group Program in the fall of 2021, and she has actually been in the Alumni Group Program as well. So I have continued to work with her. She's continued to work with me, and it has been a really fun journey to continue to work with her and continue to see her growth because business ain't linear, y'all. Like there's always things that are pivoting. There's always things that are changing and there's things that evolve. So I am really excited to bring this interview with you, with her to you today. And let me give you her like official little lead in and tell you about what we talked about so that you can get just as excited as I am about this episode. So from Forever 21, which is where Jamie started her career in fashion, to high, high high-end retail, to now working for herself, Jamie Lewis is a NYC-based personal stylist helping women overcome their insecurities through finding authentic style. In this episode, we talk about pivoting during COVID, like most people did, and really digging into how she knew the pivot was aligned with her and what that pivot was going to look like. We talked about how to find people and courses and groups that you know are a good fit for you to invest in. We also dove into imposter syndrome, and Jamie shared really tangible tools that she uses to curb her comparison. And most importantly, we talked about how Jamie has given herself permission to be her and how that is actually shaping and growing her business. Jamie is a mom of two, and a lot of the things that we go into this episode are totally going to resonate with you if you are a mom, if you're thinking about getting being a mom and wondering, how is that going to work with your business? Jamie shares some really insightful things around this idea of comparison and giving yourself permission. So I really think you are going to love this episode. Go give a listen, go find Jamie, go give her a follow and definitely give her reels a watch. You're going to love those. See you in the episode. Hello, Jamie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm finally out of my COVID streak. I'm feeling back to myself. So life's good over here. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. Is there one good thing from your day so far that you can point to as well? It's sunny out and I took a really nice walk this morning. Nice. That was very nice with my babies. So both in tow. Yes, both on the stroller. We took a little walk and it was really nice just to get outside. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I bet. That is amazing. So let's jump into some of the details of who you are, where you live, what do you do, um, and anything else that's really kind of important for you to share in terms of you and who you are and introducing you. Absolutely. So my name is Jamie Lewis, and I am a personal stylist in New York City. On top of that, more importantly, I'm a mom of two little guys. Um, 
I'm in my second year of styling independently. I've been in the business for 12 years or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Love it. And so when you say in the business, like what was your kind of past? Yeah. um, So I started, well, it's more than 12 years then. In high school, I started my first retail job that I loved at Forever 21. And that was my first little toe into the fashion world. But fast forward to New York, I've been in the business working in my way up in the retail world, in the luxury retail, um, visual merchandising roles, brand management roles on the sales floor itself, and really just anything retail I have kind of been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you started at Forever 21 and then like you also have been in like legit high end. (laughs) Very high end. Yeah. But Forever 21, honestly, is still my favorite job. It holds such like a warm spot in my heart. I was 16. I thought I made it. It was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I do feel like when we were 16, Forever 21 was the like fun, cool. Ooh, I get to shop here place. Yeah. Um, And I learned a lot. So it was honestly like literally one of the best jobs I ever had (laughs) looking back. Yeah. Totally. So what about then your, from your background, you're in retail, obviously. So you're in fashion. How did that kind of switch come to personal styling? Totally. Yeah. So like I said, I've been in retail forever and then, and I thought I really enjoyed it. Um, my last job was personal shopping in Saks. So I really thought I made it. I had great clients. Um, I had my little room set up and it was really like a great experience for me. And then COVID happened. Um, and it was time to kind of pivot like everybody else. I knew I, something kind of clicked in my head that this wasn't the right role for me anymore. Um, I didn't want to be dependent on store hours. I didn't want to have to be on the floor anymore. I didn't have, I didn't want to depend on anyone else. Mm-hmm. So something kind of clicked during my quarantine time, like everybody else. And we have too much time to think. And I said, kind of, this isn't right, but I love dressing people. So what do I do now? And then I started styled by Jamie Lewis. I love that. I love when you said like something clicked for you, right. About like, this isn't the right thing for me, even though you've been doing that since high school. So like, you know, venture to guess that's probably at least 15 years, right? Like at least, yeah. <laughs> so 15, however many. Um, besides COVID, was there anything else that kind of made you feel or like that you could point to to say, like, here's how I know this is not the right thing for me? It didn't match up with who I wanted to be anymore. Like, and it really, I didn't like the way that because of COVID, that's what really clicked, but I didn't like the way they handled us going back. I didn't like the way I was looked at as just another number on the floor. I didn't like the way I felt. I didn't feel valued and I didn't feel like I was using my skill set to the best of its potential. I felt like this is kind of it. It has to be something else. Like what's bigger? Um, and it's not to diminish what I did before because there's so many talented people that do that, but I just felt like there's something bigger for me, something different, something that I can grow on something that I can make my own hours with. I wanted to be more present in my kids' lives. And so it was just kind of this natural like evolution of like, you grow up things, you know, you keep Mm -hmm. way up the staircase, see what's next. So yeah. 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 
I like the what's bigger yeah. question um, when you have that sense of like, okay, this is good, but there could be probably something bigger and better if I'm willing to like, let go of what I think is it, right? Like what I think has been good so far. Exactly. And like I said, like everything was good. Like everything was, you know, I was making a nice income. Like I was, I was in a good place, but good isn't enough in the long run. Like we have to we have to be great. We got to strive for more. So it was just time. It was just, this isn't cutting it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good isn't enough. I love that. <laughs> so when it comes to then like personal styling, you were kind of realizing like, okay, I want to have some control. I want to still do what I'm doing, but make an impact. Yeah. I feel like there's probably other ways you might have been able to do that. So why personal styling? Like, what was it that drew you? And, um, yeah. I knew I wanted to stay in the fashion world. It's all I know. It's what I love. Like this is my world. Right. Um, I had no desire to change industries. I had never really worked a real corporate job. It did not sound appealing for me. So I knew I wanted to stay in fashion and I knew that I had a skill set from many years in retail to dress people. So how do I then take that skill set and incorporate it into something else. And personal styling was the natural evolution where I could hopefully take some of my older clients and they would continue with me, find new clients, et cetera. But it was a natural, like, this makes the most sense for me. I love clothes. I love putting outfits together. This is my happy place. Now, what do I do with it? Yeah. Cool. So let's talk a little bit then about like when you started your business, like what was that like? Like, cause you were going out on your own. Was it scary or challenging, exciting? Like walk us kind of through what was going on in your head and the things you were doing. Totally. When I look back two years from now, I'm like, what was I doing? I was throwing spaghetti at a wall, hoping it stuck. Like it was ridiculous. Um, I thought I knew what I was doing because I had known a lot of personal stylists mm-hmm. um, just from helping them actually, but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so looking back, it's actually pretty funny. So what I did after a few months of just really winging it and trying to figure it out was I invested in courses, I invested in your course. Um, I invested in networking groups to find more like-minded people with an entrepreneurial spirit that could help at least with business. You know, what, what am I doing? Um, so I really took time after a few months to find the right people to lean on and learn from because I had no idea what I was doing and I still am learning what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I was making up prices. It was ridiculous looking back. Like I thought this is what I should charge when in reality it should have been double. Like mm-hmm. I just don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's so common, right? Like nobody really knows like what you're doing to some extent. Um, so you mentioned like finding the right people to learn from, like, how did you, I think that's a question a lot of people have. It's like, how do I find the right person? How do I know if this is the right person or if this is the right program? What were some of your kind of benchmarks? I mean, a lot of it is a gut feeling. Like when you find the right people, you're like, okay, this feels safe. This feels like home. So my first outing was I joined Glam Hive, which is a personal styling community. And that was great for me because I met Stephanie, this Stephanie Springer's the CEO. I joined an accountability group within Glam Hive. I met some friends within Glam Hive and it allowed me to kind of find my people within a community and brainstorm with them. So that was number one. And it's been one of the best experiences 
And then I found you. And I, so then I said, well, I need an actual course to know what I'm doing. And so through that, I have met more amazing stylists and I have created my signature service. I've created my price points that actually makes sense with my demographic. And I really now have a business understanding. So you have to find your people to learn from them and it's going to cost you money also. Like you have to be willing to invest in yourself to grow and you can't be cheap about that. It's the only way to grow. And that's yeah. something that I really did learn that it's almost like I'm going back to college, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like how much did you spend on college that you may or may not still be paying off? And yeah, I think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to brush up on your skills and you have to invest in the right courses, the right groups, the right, I mean, you just, like I said, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall if you don't do the right steps. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how you said too, like finding the thing that feels safe Mm -hmm. um, or like feels like home or like just kind of knowing what that is for you and learning to trust that gut feeling in a way too. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, when you start a business, you're extremely vulnerable to negative feedback, positive feedback, but you're putting yourself really out there. So you need to find people that aren't judging you and they really want the best for you. And so when you find those communities, you have to hold on to them and you have to really embrace them for the long run because they're going to be your safe place. They're going to be where you can bring ideas to the table and get honest feedback. And they're just so valuable for your mindset for the long term. So yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask, because you just mentioned mindset. So what has been some of the biggest like mindset or challenges that you've had to overcome in this like and I want to like in the business growing journey too, right? Because it's been two years. And so I think sometimes people want like a really quick. It's not quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, my biggest challenge with mindset has always and probably will always be imposter syndrome, right? It's always going to be a comparison analysis. So I live in New York. I know other stylists that are running these huge businesses. So it was nearly impossible for me to not compare myself to them. But when you give yourself permission to kind of let it go and just kind of say like, I'm going to go at my speed, Hmm. it's one of the biggest revelations you'll have. And you have to really like embrace it. It's taken a lot of journaling, a lot of daily affirmations, a lot of just overall crying sessions. Like I'm not booked enough, you know, it's really just going with it and just saying like, this is going to be ongoing, but I need to know I'm going at my own speed. And it's the speed that makes sense for me. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I love the tools of journaling and affirmations and like crying too sometimes right because there is that we like hold things in too and sometimes you just have to cry it out and talk to someone and then you kind of see like you've sometimes made a situation bigger in your head than like in reality yeah sometimes you need a good crying session let it out (laughs) it'll help (laughs) (laughs) it's a roller coaster so it's definitely it's definitely a roller coaster. And once you kind of tell yourself though, like imposter syndrome is never going to hundred percent go away, mm-hmm. but I have the tools to work on it. And I have the tools to now say that's their journey. This is my journey. Then things happen for you. Yeah. It's yeah. big things can start to happen. Right. Instead of, I think, trying to like, people are just like, let me eradicate it. Let me get rid of this thing. And they don't pay as much attention to like, but what can I do to do the work, right? Yeah. Lessen that impact on me. Yeah, totally. And it's work. Mindset is, it's no joke. You know? <laughs> so it is work. It is, you know, 
nightly readings, like I said, the journaling, it's all of that. And it's, it's, you have to do it daily and really commit to the work. Yeah. Yeah. It sometimes feels exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I love it. You know, like we spend a lot of time talking about mindset. Um, So like for you, because you are saying like it is daily. So are there times where you feel like I'm just tired of doing the mindset work and then you come back to it or like, how do you navigate that? Cause right. Cause it's kind of like mindset can be like a whole thing and then you have a job and then you're a mom and you have kids and like you have all these things. So here's what I think my question is. How do you personally make the time or find the time to do that mindset work? I try to do it every night um, between nine 30 and 10. I try to have third and this doesn't happen every night, like life happens. So sometimes I'm just too tired, but between nine 30 and 10, I try to lay in my bed and that's when I journal and then that's when I'll read. And that's when I just have my me time. There's no kids. There's no husband. It's just my me time to really reflect on what's going on and what are, what's working, what's not working. What do I want to happen? What do I want to manifest? And I'll write that down. And I guess that's every, I try to do it every single day to see some real results. I love that process. Um, it's interesting you know, Allison from our alumni group and our group, we did the same interview and she has a very similar process. She journals at night, like before she goes to bed. Yeah. So it's just interesting to hear both of you and you're in a two completely like different lives, right? Like, but that is a practice that consistently works for both of you. So it's like a wind down time. It's time to reflect on your day. What happened that you enjoyed? What didn't you enjoy? What can you do better? So yeah, journaling has definitely changed for the, myself for the better to really have that reflection time. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So let's take it back to styling and tell us kind of like catch us up your styling story as a stylist, like where you are now, the past, what, however long, three to 12 months, like what have you been doing? Whatever you want to get into, what's working, what's not working. How have you changed? How have you pivoted? And, um, it's like a lot of questions in one, but like also where are potentially like different income streams for you? And what does that look like? Well, first, the, for the income streams, I work, and I gave myself permission to say, I work part-time. I'm full-time momming, full-time stay-at-home mom, and I work part-time. And that was the biggest shift for me to accept that, like, I'm just doing this part-time because the other part of my life is taking priority. Yeah. So I work three days a week. Um, and that's that's it, three days a week. Um, of course, at night, some things happen, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and so the past three to 12 months... I have a four month old, I should also say. So I am now mm-hmm. back into it. Right. I also gave myself permission to say, I'm taking a good month off to heal mm-hmm. from you know a C-section and then four weeks isn't even that long, but I gave myself a month to just kind of say I'm in baby mode and all of that. But within the past year, I have narrowed down my services. So I now have a starter service and a signature service and you can book either or, but that's it. And I stopped doing the a la carte that I was doing with throwing spaghetti on the wall. Yeah. That's been great for me. Um, and within the past year, I have really channeled in on who my client is, who am I speaking to, growing my social media to speak to her and really honing in on what I can offer them. So things are now, now I'm booked, right? So things are now going really well for me now that I'm back from my maternity my social media has a clear, a clear profile of who I'm speaking to and what I can offer. 
And now I'm having people DM me that have been following me probably for a year or so. And they've just been quiet. And now they're DMing me and now they're saying, okay, let's take that next step. So it's only been very recently, I should say that things are really going outside of the clients that I had before into new client territory. So it's a whole process. It's taken a while, but now I'm like, all right, we're here. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's so important because we kind of talked a little bit like, right. People want it to be like really quick and like you have very consistently for the past year been on social and refining your message. And like, you've, you know, also kind of pivoted things when they weren't working too, right. To get closer to that thing that is going to work. And yeah, I'm sure you've had your times in between where you've had these crying sessions and you're like, why isn't it working? But now you're kind of reaping those seeds you planted. Totally. I've had crying sessions when I thought a consult went really well. And then they said, oh yeah, next steps. And then never mind. Like those are real things that happen and they really suck, but you will find your clients that you really want to work on. It just takes time a lot of time because you can also put ads out and you can boost your Instagram posts and you could do this and that to get more people to see you. But if they're not actually relating to your message at all and what you actually do, then they're just seeing you. They're not going to take any next steps. And that takes a while for somebody to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point about ads that I don't actually like, like haven't really even thought about myself. Right. It's like, everybody's like, do ads, do ads. And like, yes, that is going to widen the pool. And you still have to be really clear on your message and who you serve and how you serve them for that to hit home for the right person. Totally. And it, like I said, it hasn't been until the past few months that like everything has been really tightened up mm-hmm. and it's very clear of who she is and I'm working with. And now people that have been following me, I think are noticing, because like I said, like emails are coming in, DMs are um, happening that it's taken a while. Like it did not happen overnight. So <laughs> answer the question but yeah. <laughs> yeah what about we talked kind of briefly because you're so you're a mom and you work part-time yeah and you are you have your services are there any other income streams that you have or things that you've explored or is it just like styling services yeah I've definitely explored um kind of the influencer world and what that would look like and I've like done the work of putting like the media kit together and I pitched myself and etc I've come to terms that's not actually a route I wanted to go down, but I have explored it because all income is good income. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely is. But right now where I'm at and the amount that I realistically want to work, I know that Mm -hmm. it's just in the styling world. Um, But listen, like I said, all income is good income. So definitely you can make it in other areas and you have the time to do so while you're building this business, go ahead and do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think I, I did a podcast episode on that. Like <laughs> yeah. income is good income. And, um, totally, totally. Like I'm very privileged that I am full-time momming right now and that I don't have to do a, don't have to have a second job, but yeah, totally recommend it while you're building your business. <laughs> yeah. can definitely be really helpful for sure. Um, so as you've been building the business, we've talked about it a little bit, kind of these different programs and people and like communities and you've mentioned glam hive and you mentioned my program was there anything else like networking groups or like other support programs that have been helpful for you or like resources as you've gone along yeah so glam hive has been amazing to meet people your group has been amazing and then i joined little communities where i live um to network further um 
online groups also in the height of COVID I joined that's been helpful also literally any free webinar that was available to me I attended any free master like anything I attended and that helped me as well because there's so many like (laughs) attend anything that you can attend and learn as much as you can and it's going to help you even if you don't think it's helping you right away there's something that you always take away from it Mm -hmm. so that was very helpful I um from one class I met not personally but Amy Porterfield and then I learned about her what she does and yeah you know, just keep attending as many things as you can mm-hmm. and you're going to learn something valuable. Yeah, for sure. And then how do you, or how do you personally like make the differentiation between like, okay, let me do this free masterclass and then let me join the like paid thing that this person has. Like, how do you know when to do that for yourself? I mean, the free ones are great. And I think that you should join as many as you possibly can, but at the end of the day, they're free. They're not going to give it all away. Right. You need to join something to have it personalized to you and really drive it in. So take as many master classes as you can learn as much as you can, but you need to join some sort of class, some sort of course to really take it to the next level, because you might think that your service is great, but I guarantee there's some tweaks that you have to make, or you might think that, you know, your client, but you probably don't really know your client. And until you have a coach helping you do that work, then you're kind of just running in a maze trying to figure it out. You have to invest in yourself. Yeah. You have to have that one-on-one attention. You just yeah. do. Kind of it's like that outside perspective too sometimes, right? Of like, yeah. you're so in it all the time that can be yeah. really hard. Yeah. Like I've tried to like tell like my husband, like what I'm doing and who I'm helping and da, 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 da. He doesn't like, he doesn't know. You need to have somebody <laughs> that in it and can really help you do this the right way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so what about, cause you went through the accelerator, created your high dollar signature service, the program under the profitable stylist. What specifically from that was really helpful to you in your journey as a stylist? Um, we did a lot of mindset work. So that was really helpful for me personally, just to, that was the beginning of when I started journaling and when I started doing my daily affirmations. So that was the beginning of that journey because prior I didn't realize how important things like that really were, but it was kind of like, just, okay, say a daily affirmation to yourself. Like, no, you do it though. Like it's going to help you. (laughs) So that was a huge thing for me. Um, and then learning about, how a la carte services can actually hurt your business and not help your business. Right. Yeah. That's what I was. I was just saying I'm 150 an hour, whatever, but that's not long-term and that's working a lot harder (laughs) to work. Yeah. Those two things combined had to streamline my services and the mindset are golden tickets. Yeah. I love that. It's like the, kind of what I talk about the masculine and the feminine, like feminine is your intuition, the mindset and the masculine is like doing the thing, the strategy and you really have kind of both hand in hand to make them work. Totally. Yeah, totally. Definitely a balance of both worlds. Um, And again, life isn't perfect. I'm still working, still in the motions, but I mean, before I never knew how important the mindset journey was, I never, like I said, I was just doing it a la carte. I never realized how important having even just your starter package, how important just having the things set and it allows you to take control of the client journey. They know what to expect. They know how you're going to show up and there's no guessing work. 
Because before I was letting my clients, I had some new clients coming in and I was letting them kind of take the reins. Mm-hmm. And those weren't good experiences. I remember one of my first clients, like one of my first new clients was one of the worst experiences of my life. Like she wanted to see a timesheet of like where I spent my time because I didn't do the work and I didn't tell her this is X, Y, and Z that you're getting. Like it was just yeah. not experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it taught me that this is like, I have to come in and say, this is the contract. This is the package. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Have you noticed like a shift either in your clients, like from the clients you used to work with a la carte, and now you have kind of these streamlined two main services, starter and a signature service, and it's a much higher price point. Yeah. What has, has there been a difference in the client's um, clients respecting you, like that whole kind of energetic exchange with that shift away from a la carte into a signature. Yeah. Um, well, with the clients that continue to work with me, they didn't blink their eyes twice. This, they just said, okay, well, this is how you want it to work. Great. No problem. So I knew that those were my people and they've been keeping Mm -hmm. me busy and that's amazing. And then with the new clients coming in, they respect that this is just, this is what it is. There's no guessing work. Like, People want to be told what to do. People want it to be easy for them. They don't want to tell you everything that they, like they don't want to run the show. They're paying for you to do it. So what I've learned is that when you really step in and say, these are my prices, this is my package, this is how it's going to go. People are going to respect that. And they're going to take it much more, it's going to be much more valuable for them. And they're going to respect your time a lot more. Mm-hmm. Because you're coming in an assertive way. You're coming with your masculine energy of this is what yeah. we're doing. And if they don't respect it, they're not your client, right? They're going to be a pain and you're, it's not going to be worth it in the end anyways. So, yeah. yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> so many stylists just go through the phase where they're like, I just like can't raise my prices. Or like, if I do it, I'll lose all my clients. And yeah, the whole mindset thing that comes from that as well. And I guess you have to just trust yourself, right? That like, this is what you want to do and how you're going to do it. And you're not going to lose clients. Like you'll probably actually get more and better. Totally. I mean, before I was not charging nearly enough based off, like my poll would take, you know, three hours or something like that. And I would say like, well, they're not here. Like that's, do I really put that in the package? Yes. That's my work. Those are my hours. (laughs) Like, (laughs) right. Are you working for the client? Yes. (laughs) And once you explain everything that goes into the package, they, it's no problem. Like they get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So your prices need to reflect the amount of work that you're doing. And it needs to reflect who you're trying to work with yeah. and what you're bringing to the table. So it's also like, if you're pricing yourself too low, then yeah, you may not get every single client in the world, but the clients that you really want probably aren't going to take you that seriously also. And they're not going to respect the amount of time that much. So you know, there has to, you have to find the right price that works for everybody. And yeah. Yeah. Raise the prices. If it's where, if it's where it should be and raise it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Raise those prices. I love it. Um, so what has been your biggest like thing that you're most excited about? Like your biggest celebration that you can kind of look back and say, like, I did that. <laughs> yeah, no, my biggest celebration right now, honestly, is just, I feel like I'm in a very good place where I'm not comparing myself as much to others. And I'm feeling very, very confident, good about where my business is right now, 
where it's going to go, the amount of time I'm realistically putting into it and being happy about that. So I feel like I'm in just a very good place of not caring about comparing myself to others. And I'm just going for it and being myself. And I think that's been one of the biggest triumphs for myself. It's just saying, yeah. I'm doing it. I'm proud of it. And I'm posting what I want to post. And some people might think it's cringe. Some people might make fun of it, whatever. Those aren't my people anyways. Mm -hmm. I'm just going with it. Yeah. How did you get to that place where you can say that? Yeah. I mean, again, like the journaling, the affirmations, all that were great. But I think it was when my second son was so very recently, but when my second son was born, something kind of snapped in my head that said, you're a mom of two, you're growing humans, you're doing this, like, you surely then do not need to care about what other people are thinking if you are raising humans, like, get out of that mindset and get into what you want to do and go for it, full speed, don't care about what others are going to think, because there's always going to be somebody that's going to make fun of you, always, but those people have something else that they need to work on mm -hmm. as their coping mechanisms, so, yeah go for it yeah I love that and the perspective shift of like almost it's like look I'm like doing important things over here like <laughs> this comparison these like haters and whatever like that's very unimportant kind of small right like it's just so small scale compared to so small and when you're styling somebody you're giving them such an amazing gift like it wasn't until probably a year in that I realized like Styling is more than just clothes, right? Like we put beautiful outfits together, but you're helping somebody internally. You're really helping somebody show up for themselves and show up as a better version of themselves. So really honing in on that, that it's not just putting a pretty outfit together, that you're really, truly helping somebody. Like that means doors are going to open for you because you're doing really powerful things in the world. You're really changing something for somebody. You're really helping them. And you have to really accept that that's an important thing to do. It's not materialistic. It's truly helping. Yeah. And that people will pay for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> living, doing that, a good living too. Like <laughs> Yeah. And I, we talk a lot about kind of selling from the value and selling from the transformation, right. And not really the price. And when you can show people and demonstrate that you're actually giving them these like life-changing things, like yeah. that's worth something. Totally. You know, some people will be like, oh, I don't really need a closet edit, whatever I can just do it myself. But can you, are you, what show, show them what they're going to get out of that, how they're going to feel after they're going to feel so much lighter. They're going to feel so much like freer. They're going to feel so much better. So you have to show them that that's the outcome. It's not just going to be a cleanup closet. It's going to be a different start to your morning. And mm -hmm. that's something I'm going to give you. Yeah. So the value behind what some people might perceive is just a closet edit or just a shopping experience. You have to show that behind all that is something so much bigger. Yeah, totally. Totally. Cause no one just wants like a clean closet, right? Like there's nice, but like there's something, <laughs> yeah. there's something bigger behind that. It's a better day. Start to your day. It's, you know, so showing the client that is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent. So let's look at like your, like, what is your future story as like a stylist, as a mom? Like, what is that just vision and that you have for yourself with your business? Yeah. I mean, that story is going to probably change. Like it's always evolving. Um, the next two years I want to continue to be um, 
part-time, keep growing at my speed. And then once the boys are in school, then I will fully dive in and continue to grow and hopefully do workshops, some speaking, um, some speaking gigs. Um, and I would love to grow into other streams of income. So right now it's grow, grow the personal styling biz. And then in a few years, let's step our toes into other streams of income. So that's kind of yeah. that I say. I like it. It's very focused. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> instead of sometimes people are like, oh, I got to do all the things right now. Like, no, it's <laughs> like impossible or like you're going to burn out. And so this very, it's almost like kind of just like an unsexy like path, but it's also a sustainable one. Right. Right. I mean, listen, go at your own speed. If you can do it all in one school, power to you. I can't, I don't want to, I want to be the master at one thing at a time. That's just the way my brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 10 years, you know, who knows, maybe I'll be the master of it all. But right now I'm very happy with taking the steps that I'm taking. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything else you would like to leave people with from this? Just do it. You know, if you're nervous, like I'm, I was nervous to get on uh, camera a few years ago, just do it. Practice is going to make perfect. So if you keep waiting, then what are you waiting for? Right. You just have to do it. Yeah. If you're waiting, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Step in and just do it. Just make yourself uncomfortable. And then that's where you're going to have the biggest growth. If you're comfortable, then life is boring, right? You have to be uncomfortable. Yeah, totally. And you are definitely like the queen of reels now. I'm like, man, awesome. like yeah. always, always on camera. She's always doing them. <laughs> so much fun. I think they're so much fun. And I am like your stereotypical introvert. Like I hate parties. I hate being around big groups. But for some reason, like I love doing my reels. I think they're so much fun. So when you find something that is fun to you, then just go off of it. You know, keep going with it. Love it. Perfect. Well, where can people find you to see you, talk to you, chat with you? Yes. So my Instagram is styled by underscore Jamie Lewis. So that is first place to go to. And then my website is styled by jamielewis.com where we can connect even further. So definitely don't be a stranger. <laughs> yeah. And you at least follow Jamie so you can see all the reels because yeah. Some of them will make you laugh or maybe they just make you laugh. I don't know, but (laughs) either way, somebody's laughing. And so that is good. Um, Oh my gosh, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing your story. I love that. I learned you worked at forever 21 and just getting to work with you has been awesome and seeing all of the things that you're constantly doing yourself to refine and improve um, is just really cool. And I thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, thank you for taking the time. I had fun. Thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. All right. Well, everybody go follow Jamie and Jamie, we'll see you on Instagram. Yes. Bye. I really hope you love that episode. How was it? Please DM Jamie. Please DM me. Let me know what you really took away from what you learned from what Jamie shared. And if you are ready to invest in your own self, in your own business, and you believe that the Profitable Stylist group program, the Accelerator, Create Your High Dollar Signature Service is going to be that safe place, that next place for you to invest in for your business, I would love to invite you to get on the wait list so that you can know when enrollment is going to open because enrollment is opening very soon. It will be open in August 
of 2022 and class is going to start in September. So you will have some time to make that decision to enroll and decide if you want to spend the next three months with me and your other fellow stylists really creating and crafting a high dollar signature service, gaining confidence, learning the mindset tools that are going to just take you to that next level and be able to get out of your own head and have a place where you are accountable. Link is in my bio. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me. Again, enrollment is going to open in August. If you are on the wait list, you do have and are going to get that official information first before the public because the class is going to be small. It's going to be limited. Think less than 20 students inside of the program so that I can make sure you're getting what you need to make forward progress inside of your business. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you soon.